Hello and welcome to Filled with His Love. I reread Elder Bednard's talk on conversion, and I can't help but think if we paid more attention to some of these words of the living prophets, our lives would be so much better. He described how the Lamanites joined the church, and then they never fell away. I've mentioned this verse in the scriptures a number of times before, but it's just so compelling to me when we talk about conversion and never falling away. I was in a meeting once with Elder Boyd K. Packer, and he said to missionaries, I know you're worried about some of your converts falling away. And then he read the verse in Alma about the Lamanites never falling away and said, your converts can be like these Lamanites. They can never fall away. Now, how does that happen? Well, in Elder Bednar's words, here's what he said. They never did fall away and surrendered the, their weapons of rebellion, that they did not fight against God anymore. To set aside cherished weapons of rebellion, such as selfishness, pride, and disobedience, requires more than merely believing and knowing. Conviction, humility, repentance, and submissiveness precede the abandonment of our weapons of rebellion. So then Elder Bednar asked, do you and I still possess weapons of rebellion that keep us from becoming converted unto the Lord? If so, then we need to repent now. It's an interesting, President Nelson says repent every day, and Elder Bednar says repent now. So how do we respond to this question? Do we harbor any weapons of rebellion? Rebellion is a strong word, so we, we never think of ourselves as being rebellious when we have a problem, make a mistake, or sin. We, we, that's a pretty strong word, but all it means is to go against what we know is true. When we rebel against God, we rebel against truth. We rebel against the thing inside us that tells us what is good and wholesome. We know it's not good to be selfish. We know pride is a problem. And we definitely know that disobedience leads us swiftly away from God. So based on this definition of weapons of rebellion that Elder Bednar gave us, I would guess that all of us have some repenting to do. All of us have at least a little bit of the natural man or woman inside us. We are mortal. We're fallible. We're weak at times. Notice how Elder Bednar explained that there are qualities of the heart that we must nurture before we can lay down our weapons of rebellion. In his words, conviction, humility, repentance, and submissiveness precede the abandonment of our weapons of rebellion. A rebel, you know, places himself or herself above the law. We see it all the time in the news. Political leaders at times knowingly and willfully break the law because they feel they are above the law. They place themselves higher than the law. They say, that doesn't apply to me. I can do what I want because I'm in power. This is back to the scripture in the Doctrine and Covenants, where it says, we have learned by sad experience that it is the nature and disposition of almost all men and women. As soon as they gain a little authority, as they suppose, they immediately begin to exercise unrighteous dominion. I was talking with a colleague who was not a member of our church one time, and he was talking about how power can corrupt. And I said, well, we have a scripture that we uh, really adhere to in our church about power and authority, and it's in the Doctrine and Covenants. 
I recited that scripture to him because it's one that I have memorized by heart. And he said, wait a minute. He says, I need that. He says, I, I want that quote. He said, that quote is fantastic. <laughs> He's not a member of our church, but uh, it is a very clear thing that when we think we're on top of the world, when we think that we have power, when we think that we're in a position that no one can touch us, then, oh, by, that, that's when that's when we're open to disobedience, pride, selfishness. So here's the important point. Each time we reflect on our conviction, each time we humble ourselves or repent and submit our will to God's will, we are preparing ourselves to lay down our weapons of rebellion. Now, some people might think, well, we have to lay down our weapons. We have to kind of start obeying before we can really become humble and have this deep conviction. But this is why I like this uh, framing by Elder Bednar. First, we've got to reflect on our conviction. What do we know that is true? What do we know about the gospel, about God and Jesus Christ that are true? What What's our bedrock belief that we can rely on and come back to? We first have to focus on that, and then we can humble ourselves, and as it says in the Book of Mormon, become submissive, meek, like a little child to his father. So submission and humility, they often sound like weakness, but in fact, in fact, the world really sees these things as weakness, and some of, again, once in a while we'll see a leader who certainly does not sound very submissive or humble. But these are human qualities. Submission and humility are human qualities of strength. It takes, as the scriptures say, courage and a strong heart to submit ourselves to God. The very act of submission washes rebellion out of our thoughts and behavior. It is a supremely powerful act. When we submit, we open ourselves to God and we close ourselves to the influence of the adversary. I remember a man who joined the church in the Dakotas when we were on our mission as mission leaders a number of years ago. The missionaries called me and they said, um, we're not quite sure, President, how to handle this because he did have some serious transgression uh, in his life. And so we think that you probably need to interview him before he can get baptized. Now this in the Dakotas, because we're so spread out, this was a telephone interview was a very nice individual, talked to him for quite a while, and I was convinced, I felt very convinced at the end of the conversation that these serious transgressions, which had happened actually a long time ago in his life, he had put them well behind him. They were not a problem now. He had repented, basically, and forsaken them. And so I thought, well, I think he's ready to be baptized this coming Saturday. That was on a Thursday. And... Then, uh, after we hung up, I called the missionaries back to inform them that I had approved him to be baptized. Now, when the missionaries spoke to me, they said, Oh, good, President, that's really great. And so you, you don't think that smoking is a problem, right? And I said, Wait a minute. I said, we didn't, I didn't talk to him about smoking. And I talked to him about these former transgressions. We didn't, he didn't mention smoking, and I didn't bring it up. I didn't realize he had a smoking problem. 
And they said, well, we've been trying to work with him, and, and he's been stopping, but he, he just had uh, a cigarette yesterday, and so we wondered if uh, we need to postpone this baptism. Now, in my heart of hearts, I really thought, yes, it's probably best to postpone. We don't want to baptize somebody and then have them quickly go back to their habits and feel unworthy and then stop coming to church and fall away. We don't want that. So... I talked with the missionaries some more, and they felt that he was actually sincere, that he was uh, stopping his smoking uh, as best he could, and that we should go forward. And I, I hesitated, and then after some thought, I said, I, after talking with this man, I feel that he's ready actually to be baptized. After I hung up, I thought, well, I hope that was the right thing to do, because that, that's a little bit risky. Now, I went to the ward where this new convert lived. This was months after he was baptized. And I asked how he was doing, and they said, oh, he's the coordinator for our temple trips. And he, is, he goes and does baptisms for the dead uh, in the temple, and he actually is coordinating the temple trips for everyone so that we can collaborate and get together so we can go to the winter's quarter winter quarters temple and so not only had he not fallen away he was becoming quite a key contributor in the ward so this is the magic the miracle the wonder of the gospel of Jesus Christ he never took up smoking again he did not have a problem with it and he was a faithful member of the church. He was like those Lamanites. He laid down his weapons of war. In this case, one of them was smoking and decided to be all in in the gospel. So ongoing lifelong conversion is our goal. We want to consciously lay down any weapons of rebellion that we might be holding on to. And there's so many of them. Uh, we won't name them, but we all have different ones that are unique to us. But before we can lay down those weapons, we need to reflect on our conviction, on what we know to be true, on our testimony. We need to humble ourselves and then submit our will to God. Then we will naturally repent. Repentance, naturally, it just comes. It has to come when we do those other things. When we humble ourselves and submit our will to God, then we feel a need to change. Then we begin that process of repentance. And so our lives, when this happens, our lives will be better. We will be happier, more confident in the future, and more able to deal with the challenges that life throws at us. This is my hope, that we can do those things, lay down our weapons, as those Lamanites did, so that we will never, ever fall away. I hope this is helpful, and we will see you next time.